This episode is brought to you in part by Regent College, Vancouver, Canada. Experience God's call to a life more abundant with our one to two week summer courses. Sign up today at rgnt.net slash summer. Thinking of giving up technology for Lent? We have 10 ideas for how to do it. Plus, you know, maybe why you shouldn't. This is Device and Virtue. Hello, welcome back to Device and Virtue, where we argue the wrongs and rights of technology and faith in everyday life. That's my life. We're coming to you from Chicago. I'm Adam. And I'm Chris. Adam, welcome to season four. This is exciting. I know. We're like, this is cool because I don't know if folks noticed last season, we started getting ads on our podcast. <laughs> like it, it loads up and there's like a friendly ad on there, but that's because we're part of this new group with Christianity Today, their creative studio. Yeah. And uh, that's been really fun, but that means our audience is growing. Yes. We're excited about that. Thanks to Christianity Today for partnering with us and the other podcasters that you're hearing. Go check them out. Yeah. There's actually some great stuff on there. It's been, it's been fun to hear the things that have been popping up. The way to help us, because it's getting bigger. Yeah. If you guys want to help us out on season four, like everyone says this, have you listened to a podcast before? (laughs) Go on iTunes. But really, if you go on iTunes and like leave a star rating or a review, you can actually just click the stars. You don't have to type a whole review or you can actually type a review. It helps other people see it. Yeah. So if you want to spread the news, but you don't want to tell your friends for some reason, just (laughs) leave a review right there. Also, if you are on Facebook or Twitter, we are on both of those. You can find us at Device Virtue. We don't post a ton. We post less than the president, but we you'll <laughs> wow. get some sense of kind of what we're thinking about and you can talk back at us that way. So we are coming up to Lent really fast. Yeah, Lent, that season of the church year, which Catholics always traditionally do. Yes. Of, some evangelicals do. Yeah. You as Christians, you and I have both regularly done it. Adam, I am really annoyed and tired of people saying, I'm giving up technology for Lent. Really? I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. You, th- you think it's ridiculous? <laughs> I think... I think- if I'm I so can, over it. It's the new thing. No, I'm if, already over. If I so like, get, it used to be like, give up red meat, give up chocolate. Now everyone's like, oh, I'm doing a technology fast for Lent. And I'm like, nope. If I can get more people <laughs> off of technology and interacting with their real life, yeah, yeah, quote unquote, real life. did you hear the quotes? Don't lower your eyebrows at me when you say that. <laughs> then I am all for it. And if, if it takes Lent to get people off technology, I say it's a good thing. Okay. But why, okay so why, why don't you like this idea of giving up technology for Lent? Okay. Well, let me... I don't like the phrase giving up technology for Lent. Uh, I might be okay what with the wider... phrase? Well, here's the thing. One, it's not specific enough. Like, like, are you giving up your toaster for Lent? Are you, are you giving up? I mean, you know, it's not just your smartphone slick. So I don't know. There's a lot of technologies. You're giving up books because those are technologies too. So not specific enough. Don't go there. (laughs) Every time. That hurts, man. Too soon. (laughs) I know. Two, I feel like it throws out the whole baby in the bathwater, which is a phrase that somehow we all learned from our grandpa. But like, yeah. 
Who has ever done that? I don't even know what that means. Like, who's throwing babies? Yeah. No, it, like, like for instance, if you just sort of say, I'm giving up technology for Lent, well, what if you're giving up relationships on technology? Like, my sister lives in Washington, D.C. Everyone last season got to hear her. Yeah. I live in Chicago. I get to talk to her based on iMessage or FaceTime. That's mostly my relationship with her. If I just throw out technology, am I throwing out a relationship with my sister? Got to consider that. All right. Okay. Keep going. I'm just saying. And then, and also I feel like when people say, I'm giving up technology for Lent, it doesn't even take into account a full picture of what Lent is supposed to be about. Lent is more than just fasting there, Adam. What do you mean? Like, well, we can get all into it, but there's like, <laughs> there's the whole, like the three traditional pillars of Lent are, is maybe a fasting, but also prayer, number two. Okay. And also almsgiving. Almsgiving. <laughs> Number three. Giving. The classic yeah. almsgiving. Why <laughs> right. isn't that more popular? The, I know, but it's like taking care of the poor. It's kind of like t- throwing the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> I don't even know what an alm is. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, come on. Alms for the poor. You watch. Did you ever watch the Robin Hood cartoon when you were a kid? No. No, really? I don't know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, well, I hope someone is else that like has. The, the one where he's a fox or something? There's a song. Okay, really? at, least, at least two people will know what I'm is talking it, is about. It, are they like animals? Yeah, they're animals. Okay. Anyway, there was a friar yeah. tuck kind of character, and like he's, he's collecting alms for the poor, and then Robin Hood pretends to do it. That's what I literally think of every time <laughs> I think of the word almsgiving. <laughs> but it's the idea that with the fasting and the prayer, the third thing and Lent is part of like taking care of the poor or giving sacrificially as well. Hmm. Hmm. And so I feel like people say, I'm giving up technology for Lent. They're only thinking of the fasting part and not thinking about the other things as well. So I don't know. That phrase, hate it. But Chris, okay, so if you don't like the idea, the phrase, giving up technology for Lent, what would you say instead? I'm so glad you asked. I brought 10 practical ideas how <laughs> to deal with technology and Lent. I have a oh, list. Man, you came Are you ready? prepared. It's you were crit- way more prepared than I am. I have multiple names for this. This one says Chris's 10 creative digital Lent ideas. <laughs> Number one. Are you ready? I'm just going right. to throw right, yeah. practicals at you. Okay. Hit Number me. one, change your phone to black and white. Oh, I love that. I'm like all over that. The grayscale, I, I have it on my triple tap on my phone. You want to know who I learned it from? This guy right I, here, you, who's got two thumbs, you, you this did, guy. Yeah, I did learn it from you. I don't want to <laughs> I'm so it. proud. I'm so proud right now. I can't even So why do, why do you do it? Like, why do you use the black and white thing? You know, because I think it takes some of the sparkle out of the iPhone. <laughs> and and I yeah. think, like, yeah. when I turn it back on, you know, in living color, it really does draw me in more. It just does. And I think... Yeah, with the red notifications or or the colorful icons. I I didn't know you could do it. You showed it. It's like in the accessibility options. Yes. You can go into your settings. It's supposed to be for, you know, people that maybe are colorblind, but you could just use it for yourself. You can have it switch to grayscale instead of color. Right. And you can assign it to like a triple click on one of your buttons so you can just toggle it fast. It's really hard to find. We'll drop a link in the show notes and you can can figure out how to get it I use it at night, so it's less addictive, but consider that for a Lent idea. Addictive, huh? Number two. Number yeah, two. We'll get there. Number two, <clears throat> as opposed to giving up just technology for Lent, so sweeping, so bold, delete the app that entertains you the most. So the app that entertains me the most is my toaster. <laughs> so I, I, You don't you, really have an app called toaster, do you? 
<laughs> no, I don't. I have a I have a toaster at home. <laughs> okay, you're calling that an app. <laughs> um, it uh, is an app. It's an app for burnt toast. Ladies, he's single. I'm just saying. Okay, but uh, why? Why, like, why give up? Why wait. give him? Why give up an app? Why delete an app? Well, I think phone? I'm trying to zoom in more. I think entertainment is one of the things that our phone does. It isn't necessarily cutting off communication with another human. Mm-hmm. If we're binging on Netflix. Maybe we decide to give that up, and the way to do it is to delete the app off the phone. You can reinstall it easily. But to throw a little wrench in that, for some of us, the app that entertains us, I don't think are even entertainment apps. For instance, for me, I might have to consider deleting the news app. Yeah, I use Flipboard for everything. And yeah, I, I can idly go to it. I don't watch a lot of Netflix, but I do flip through a lot of news, and that actually becomes this distractor for me. And so maybe something like that. So you mindlessly scroll through the news, I, the headlines. I mindfully scroll through the news, but <laughs> uh-huh. maybe I should mindfully scroll through something else. <laughs> is my point. Three. You ready All for right. three? Yeah. It. You're gonna like this one too. I hate this. Turn off push notifications. I love that all the good ideas for Lent are ideas that I might have come up with. (laughs) I I really appreciate that. I think that is indicative of maybe the way we should live our lives. I'm pointing out that this is nice for 40 days. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) so push notifications. Why push notifications? I actually have every push notification possible turned off. Already turned off. Except for messaging. And oh, my, except for messaging. Yeah, oh, except for messaging. So you're lying about not returning my texts. <laughs> you did see them. <laughs> so you live like Lent like all the time, essentially. All the time. It's it's wonderful. I, I live have in a, a grayscale of... world and there's no notifications. <laughs> I have notifications on uh, for a lot of apps, you know, not everything. But I think for Lent, one way is it modifies your time differently. The phone's still useful, still necessary for me to do business or relationships during the day. But maybe I choose once an hour, I'll check it. Or once every two hours, I'll pick it up. Mm -hmm. And instead of seeing the notifications, even on the screen, it's when I go to it. So pull instead of push, as they used to say. I think that can change things. Mm. Yeah, like kind of the attention aspect. It's, it's, It's no longer in control of your attention. You are to some degree. Yeah, and, and maybe that shapes me. So, okay. Okay, number four. Number four. By the way, those first three were the ones you're going to like. These are different. Okay, these aren't just get rid of crap. Okay. From now on, they get better. Because I think those are fine, but those are 101. Here's, here's, oh, we're going there's to also this idea of like praying or giving. <clears throat> so number four, post something creative every day of Lent for 40 days, mm. like on social media. Oh, okay. And by creative, I mean something... I have two definitions of this. One, something that points to goodness, truth, or beauty. Yeah. One of the sort of ancient definitions of a virtue, but also something that points to God. Right. I did this for a while. I was did verses two lengths ago, I think. Every morning when I was reading scripture, the verse that stood out to me, I would highlight and I would jump it over into like, I think like Canva or one of those other little apps. And I would choose a photo for the background and then I would take the verse and it was almost me meditating on it, but I'm sort of creative. I'd like make certain fonts a little bit bigger and I would fit it in there. And then I'd post it out uh, on Facebook and I just say day 10 of 40, (laughs) today's verse. And I start getting a bunch of people following that. And I was like, it was cool for me because I was meditating on a verse. Two, I think I was putting something in people's feeds that was really different for those 40 days. And so I think that's a cool discipline. I do like that. I'm I'm most like Instagram because I do feel like it actually engages me in beauty. And, yeah, yeah. and by having Instagram around me, 
it makes me actually think about my own world. <laughs> Instagram around you. Yeah. It, it's my environment yeah. because Instagram is part of my environment. I actually look at the world differently and say, ooh, this could be a good Instagram photo. And I, I get that that can be sort of a, a gloating, sort of bragging way of doing it. But honestly, I feel like I can celebrate with the people who are posting things by God's grace for the most part. And But I guess I wonder about the the posting, how visible it is and I, I get the sense that Lent is sort of this space where you kind of go into a quiet space and the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And here you're posting on social media. So okay, that's a Matthew I, I think, six reference. Yeah. I think that's an interesting question and, and we don't have to go into it now, but I think it's an interesting yeah, yeah. like caveat. Yeah. Fasting is one category, but I'm thinking about the giving as another category. Yeah. Maybe that's a way to give. Here's yeah. another giving one. Okay. Number five. Sort of similar, but a little different. Resolve to say something kind or encouraging every day on social media. So like, That's great. So like maybe it's like the posting the versus things, but maybe it's it could be like posting a big generic thing. But I think another thing is like actually as you're scrolling through to leave a comment specifically for a person mm. or in a contentious conversation, like be kind or be loving. Mm. Like that's another giving thing. I don't know. I like it. I wonder how much people would appreciate it just because they're scrolling through. But I think if they feel, if they get a notification that someone responded to them and they go read it, I don't know. I'm saying it could shape you, right? Mm. It could shape other people and shape you. Yeah. Or shape me, maybe. (laughs) Six, praying is part of Lent. Use the Pray As You Go app every day. Do you know which app I'm talking about? I do, yeah. Pray As You Go is amazing. If you don't have it already, it's worth downloading because it's... Sometimes they have really weird music, but sometimes it's really good. And it does kind of give space and uh, to listen to scripture and meditate on scripture and then pray a little bit. I, see, you think technology is bad. I'm saying maybe technology helps form a prayer habit. Uh, seven. This is another prayer idea, but I'm just getting real specific. Like on your phone on the front page, probably you've got like Instagram, like in the, you know exactly where the icon is. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I don't even have to think about it. <laughs> I don't even have to think like, or, you know, the Facebook icon or whatever it is that people use. Delete that icon or just move it off the front page and instead put a list app right where it is and make that a prayer list. And it's whatever your scroller app is. My picture is like I'm standing in the grocery store and okay. like, you know how there's three people in front of you and you're like bored pull out the phone. <laughs> it's either this or you're avoiding making eye contact with someone, right? Whatever right, right. whatever that situation is where you put the phone and always start hitting Instagram stories, uh-huh. put a list of things to pray for in that spot oh, under your thumb on the homepage. And then you tap that every time, like you reflexively go to tap that and it opens mm, up sort of mm. quote unquote the wrong thing. <laughs> but it's actually a list of things that you've thought of prayers for yeah. in your life you want to pray for or a list of names or other people that you want to pray for. I think that'd be an amazing habit. Yeah, for sure. Can I can I add like a seven point five right there? Yeah, sure. Why not? This this isn't new with me, but I know some people have have opened their social media, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, and used it as a prayer list. So they're going through and they see a post Crazy. and they use that as a way to yeah, pray yeah. through, and they pray for each person as they go through. And I think I think that's really cool. I've done it maybe a couple times, maybe once. I love that idea. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. If I've you literally can, never really thought about it. I've, I've heard That's of people good. doing this, and I think it's a great idea. could be a way to engage Facebook in a different way than you use it today. 
What got me going on that, by the way, I was looking at this old quote from Calvin, literally John Calvin. He says, the purpose of fasting is to render yourselves more eager for prayer. With a full stomach, our mind is not so lifted up to God. Hmm. The, the idea is like the prayer part, like if I move off Instagram and I'm fasting from that, I would need to put something in its place, not just have something be gone, but right. also put something right. in there. And the prayer is the right thing to put in the place for the fast. So yeah, you have to replace it with something because it's like a nature abhors a vacuum and so does your soul. Totally. So that's that's my idea. It's like move out Instagram, move in a prayer thing. And mm, I, I, I like but it. I do like the idea of praying through people on the feed too. So that's really good. Okay. Uh, number, eight. What number are we on? <laughs> We're on eight, I think. Okay, great. Number eight. Oh, oh I like this one. God is a genius storyteller, and the evidence of this is threaded throughout Scripture. In Christianity Today's new show, Holy Curiosity, with me, Kat Armstrong, we explore storied connections threaded throughout Scripture from the Old Testament to the New. Our first miniseries, Connecting Dinah and the Woman at the Well, welcomes experts like Drs. Tim Mackey and Diane Landberg to give us insight and context into the physical location and meaning of these two stories. These stories will spark holy curiosity in your own faith, because once you see these connections, you can't unsee them. God wastes no person, place, or thing. Listen and subscribe to Holy Curiosity with Cat Armstrong on your favorite podcast platform. We're talking all about smartphones, <laughs> but how about think about tech completely differently? Not your digital tech, but other technology in your house. Like think big. For okay. instance, how about a mirror? What if you gave up on using a mirror, which is a technology, for okay. Lent? Oh, so you're saying like, instead of thinking about digital technology, maybe, I think about something that's like really old tech. That's like, really interesting, yeah. Maybe there's something, you know, if I am struggling with being too narcissistic, and that's a really hard word for someone to say, but you know, like, mm-hmm. or I'm noticing myself too much, yeah. or I'm feeling bad about myself, and a mirror is constantly contributing to mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I decide to paper over the mirrors, <laughs> right? And you could say, well, talk about giving up technology for Lent. That could be one thing. Oh, I like that one, actually. <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Or, or a dishwasher. I didn't have one for like the last five years. And then a year later, this last year, I moved into a new apartment and I have one again. Okay. But what I found is in the evenings when I was washing dishes in my apartment, it became this sort of by hand, it yeah. sort of became this prayer time. Yeah. Like it was just, I don't yeah. know, 10 minutes, but yeah. I'm just scrubbing with that little soap wand thing and like I'm praying. And with the dishwasher, I've actually lost that habit. Hmm. I just put things in the dishwasher and hit go. And so I don't have that moment, that 10 minutes. I think like giving up a dishwasher could, again, filling in the vacuum, yeah, could add yeah. prayer. To you know who like. you sound like? You sound like Brother Lawrence, practicing oh, wow. the presence of God. He oh. was a dishwasher and I he like was in the kitchen and he, he treated dishwashing as a way to spend time praying as he was washing all of the monk's dishes. And that's what he did. So you... Our modern-day Brother Lawrence is what you're saying. <laughs> That's what they call me. <laughs> number nine. I think Brother Lawrence is probably much better than me. <laughs> number nine, and this one, you will hate this one. <clears throat> Use a tracking app as a diary 
for the 40 days of Lent to see where your time goes, your most valuable mm. possession. And I have suggestions on this. There's an app that not a lot of people have heard about. It's called Life Cycle. Okay, Life Cycle. Life Cycle. And you have to turn on location tracking for oh, Adam. Man. Not going to happen. <laughs> but it can tell when you are commuting. Or like when you're at your office, so it asks you questions at the beginning, sort of where's your work and where's your home, and it knows okay. when you're at a restaurant and this kind of thing, and then it categorizes your day into a little wheel graph showing, hey, I think you're doing entertainment this much of the day, I think you're commuting this much of the day, you're sleeping this much of the day, you're okay, at so work. It's like a it's like a pie this much of the day. Yeah, it's a pie I graph. Love pie. <laughs> I think it's sort of a beautiful, cool thing. And then at the end of every day, you sort of review it, and you it'll, it'll show you a section and show you a little question mark, like, what were you doing this time? I don't know. But when you tap mm. it and then select what you were doing, it gives you choices for activities. I was working out. That's where my gym is or whatever. Oh, interesting. It remembers that, and it gets okay. better at telling the pies. But when we start to track or pay attention to the things we do every day, we become more mindful. In an app like this, which is asking you constantly, what were you doing there in that time? Mm-hmm could actually make us more mindful about where we're wasting time or giving time. Oh, oh I hate this. <laughs> I do not want to like this one, but I think it's a good idea. I'm terrible. So I'm terrible at remembering like things I did during the day. Yeah. And, and I've gotten into this practice called the examine, which is just a prayerful review of the day. And I'm terrible at it because I can't remember anything. Wow. And even, even like just from that same day. I mean, I think I'm trying to be too thorough, first of all. That's my personality. But I think this would actually help me remember some things that I maybe forgot or like repressed. <laughs> I, I just don't want to... I don't want to have to give it up to an app, okay, but well, okay. Let me give you, oh, like if you don't idea. want to install a new app, by the way, Google Maps, I know you don't have this on, but actually has an option called location tracking. It's blocked information to you uh-huh. where it'll show you actually where you went all day. And I use that. I like that. You could use that. Interesting. Or if you want a low key way to do it, I do my personal diary. I just answer questions. You could do a personal diary and try to make a list of the places you were that day every night, like paper and pen. Low tech. I love if it. If you want to. And then I'll go back over and pray over that. Like, where was I? Um, why was I at that place? Who else was at that place that maybe I should notice? Mm. Or maybe even what emotions do I have about that place? Yeah. Yeah. There's ways of diarying or oh, looking at my time. Yeah. The examine is, is a similar kind of mental exercise and prayerful exercise it kind of answers some of the same questions but yeah you could definitely bring it into the 21st century and then have an app helping you reflect on your day okay last one number 10 this is the giving thing again but yeah. you could make alms giving this alms is the giving. robin hood uh, uh and i think i was I have other creative giving ones like posting something nice or something but this yeah. one's my more financial actually make a financial gift online every day of lent Oh, wow. And you could do this. I've done this actually before. I've done it two different ways. One is I've just decided a budget at the beginning of Lent, like, okay, I'm giving away something that that maybe like maybe hurts a little bit, like I notice mm-hmm. financially. Yeah, yeah. So I decided a dollar amount for it, like, a, and I try to see, could I do that even a little bit higher? And then I divide that into like 40 days. And then you could go online. For instance, you go to World Vision's website. 
and choose a child and give a gift. You could go to handup.org, which gives mm. money to, to homeless folks that are connected with social things. My old organization, Reliant, there are missionaries that are just on there. You can yeah, scroll through yeah. profiles and give a one-time gift to a missionary. I think that's an amazing practice to like say, I mean, maybe this may be a lot for people, but I'm going to give 25 or 50 bucks every day oh, man. to something, and I'm going to choose every yeah. day what to give. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? I, I really like that idea just because it it starts to generate this creativity and this brainstorming of like, who do I get to give to tomorrow? Like, yeah, it's a sacrifice and I get that. And there's a somber part of that, but there's also a little bit of anticipation and like, oh, I have to find somebody else. It's day 27 and I'm like out of ideas here. Seriously, How do I go find somebody else to give something to? And I think that anticipation is an attitude towards money that I would want to have. In my 301 level of this, which is a little bit hard, but I did try it once, is I wanted to give money to homeless folks, people that are experiencing homelessness in the city. Okay, yeah. I figured out a way to do online Visa gift cards, and I ordered a bunch of them. And so they came in like, they're like sort of $50 gift cards. I want them to be sort of incredibly, like just more generous than the the dollar kind of thing. And so like I chose a few of them to give. And I gave them to different people that I encountered in my life. And I live in the city of Chicago. It's very easy. There's people in tents right down the street from me. There's people in the train I encounter. But I have often a daily encounter with someone experiencing homelessness or asking me for something. And so Mm -hmm. one of those places where someone would ask me for something, I'd stop, talk to them and say, hey, um, do you want this $50 Visa gift card. I can tell you how to use it. I said it works on Walgreens. It works at Burger King. You can get food. You can close. You can get whatever you want. And everyone, everyone took it. And the coolest, (laughs) the coolest thing about it. I know this seems a little crazy, is but I don't. I don't know if you felt like this is too weird, but because I had registered these Visa cards ahead of time. Okay. One, I knew they were spending on something in a store. So like, that's a little different than cash. People might worry, like if someone's experiencing homelessness, going to go buy drugs or something, you can't do that with a Visa card. Mm. But two, I could see what they were spending because I saw oh, it registered. Yeah. So I looked up online later and I saw people buying like clothes from the Salvation Army, huh. buying food. Huh. And, and it really touched my heart in terms of that generosity actually really helped that person. And so that technology of the Visa gift card actually played into me learning more about what I meant to give. So the first time I remember coming aware of Lent, I'm about 11 years old. Really? And my parents and I... Occasionally, we'd go to Long John Silver's on like a Friday night, <laughs> and and like all of a sudden, like halfway through winter, there would be all these people at Long John Silver's on a Friday night, and I was like, "Dad, why are there so many people here right now?" Like does everyone, well, it, this want- is Long John Silver's. Nobody comes here. Does everyone want diarrhea? <laughs> <laughs> and so he explained to me. Well, Catholics was kind of probably what he told me. Give up uh, meat for Lent. And yeah, that was yeah. like the first time I became aware of like this concept of Lent and, and giving something up. And I even had to be reminded of it this year. Lent is not about giving up bad things. It's about giving up good things. Yeah. And it's not about giving up sins. It's about giving up things that make us recognize our own human frailty, hmm. our own spiritual poverty, and our own need for God. Mm-hmm. And as I kind of have thought about that and I'm thinking about technology, it starts to make me ask these questions of 
where is the human frailty, where is the human poverty, where is the spiritual need expressed in the technology? And so, you know, where we started, you said you didn't like this idea of giving up technology. And I think when I hear that phrase, I hear a lot of people saying, I'm going to give up social media sure. for Lent. Right, right, right. Um, and I, and you, you kind of alluded to that when you talked about how are you throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Are you giving up the relationships along with the technology? Yeah, and I think yeah. that's a really uh, valuable question to be asking. I think people are maybe feeling anxious about their connection to their device or their connection to this social media and maybe the, the emotions it stirs up with in them. And I think that is an opportunity actually to lean in to those emotions, I think, whether it's jealousy or fear or anger or whatever it is that they're feeling because of what they're seeing online or there there is a there's a feeling of I don't want to be tied to this device but I I want to encourage people I think th- that when they look at why they feel anxious or why they want to get off social media to really not just look at the device but look at the people that they're connecting with through those devices. Like, what do you mean? We need to be thinking about both sides of that. Not just, you know, I don't want to be so tied to my smartphone, but also I'm so tied to my smartphone because it connects me with so many different people or it connects me to these relationships that I desire. I mean, that expresses a bit of the human frailty that's there. And I think, how can we allow social media to draw that out and, expose that for us and how can we allow lent to do that for us i like the human frailty part you talk about like at the beginning of lent you know they have ash wednesday it's one of my favorite yeah sort of if you do it in your church you know the more traditional churches do it i had been in a church for years and years that never never did it you know and then i moved to a more traditional church and they did it and you sort of walk up front at one point and someone takes ashes with their thumb it's mixed with a little bit of oil and, you know, on your forehead makes mm-hmm. the sign of the cross, right? And you see people sometimes in Ash Wednesday walking around with it at work. Or yeah, a smudge sort of on their the, forehead. The black like, smudge, what is that? kind of. But it's a cross. Yeah. And they always say this thing. They say, you know, from dust you come and to dust you will return. And it reminds me that God is the one that breathed in me and gave me life. Yeah. <laughs> and God is the one that can take life away. And it gives me this sense of like less, it humbles me. I'm less aggrandized you know like it gives me that sense of mortality and humility and so i think one of the big purposes of lent is that 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 sense yeah it's but there's a second part to that phrase too repent and believe the gospel yes right and it's not just drawing you into your human frailty but it's drawing you up into the the grace of god and that's the move of lent as a whole like you're moving down into the darkness of lent into the darkness of Good Friday, only to be raised up into the joy and celebration and new life of Easter. It's and all about that, yes. It really is. And how can, so how can we allow our technology, how can we allow our social media to actually expose our human frailty, expose the attachments that we have? Because it's not really about an attachment to a device. It's about an attachment to the people who make life significant and meaningful for us, but also recognizing that our hope is not in other people either. And when we go to that device, 
we're looking for something. We're looking for connection. We're looking for relationship. We're looking for freedom from maybe the boredom we feel in our own life. Totally. There's one of my favorite, the, the Easter thing, the celebration is so huge. I, I hadn't really realized that. I had a pastor finally preach like Lent is really prepping to celebrate. Hey, Christmas morning when you were a kid is amazing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like mind-blowing <laughs> presents, you know, you're so, and you're so pumped for it and all the anticipation of waiting and there was presents under the tree. But then when you get an adult, you sort of like, ah, Christmas. You know, like it, like <laughs> you long for that sense of that like sense of child. Oh, I wish it felt joy. like that good, but it always sort of feels like it never felt that good anymore. Mm, mm. And one of the reasons is probably because we don't wait for it as much, and we're numb to things, and we're caught up in the shopping and the fear and the anxieties of other things. And the ease of Lent yeah. feels the same for Christmas, where it's like I am sometimes when I'm scrolling my feed. What you're saying is I I could be anxious about these relationships. I could be numbing myself against the emotions or pains mm-hmm. or the fears or the longings I really have. My favorite book about Lent, especially for evangelicals that haven't celebrated Lent, is it, and you know the, you know which one I'm going to say. No, I don't. Is, oh, it's it's by our friend Pastor um, Aaron Damiani. Oh yeah, and it's called The Good of Giving Up, mm-hmm. and he talks about especially for people that are just starting out on Lent, like or if you're like ah, that's a really Catholic thing, uh, you know, Catholic. Christians are great, but if you grew up in not not that tradition, you don't really know it. And if you're you're like that's a Catholic thing, but I'm evangelical, I want to figure this out. His book is the perfect introduction. But he has this little quote in it that says, um, "Fear spiritual numbness more than physical discomfort." Say that again. Fear spiritual numbness more than physical discomfort. Huh. And he sort of says that the things that we give up help sort of jump us out of that like anxiety and numbness, you know, yeah, that we could be feeling there just sort of, we're moving along through life and things are just sort of feeling slightly anxious and hard and mundane and the physical discomfort of maybe of not eating or um, choosing to fast or, or choosing to fast from other things maybe shakes us up and gets us truly waiting for the Greek celebration. It's kind of uh, very similar to the Jean Calvin quote, right? That, that idea of oh with a full stomach our mind is not so lifted up to god yeah yeah right. yeah yeah that's right. good that when we give something up it causes us to recognize a desire that we have that that thing is maybe appropriately meeting like like meat is appropriately satisfying hunger and social media is in some ways appropriately satisfying a a desire to connect but just like food where we can become gluttons and or wine wine which can be celebratory or it can be we can become drunkards right we overindulge in it and it becomes our master yeah social media has the potential to make us into relational gluttons perhaps (laughs) so that we are we're consistently looking for longing That's your new for Instagram handle relational glow <laughs> that desire for a fulfilling relationship uh, a fulfilling connection however fleeting it might be and by perhaps giving up social media for Lent we actually can engage that desire and recognize that that desire is actually pointing us to God's fulfillment in himself Other people can point us to God, but sometimes they become uh, a, a blinder rather than a sign.
Okay, so I had posted this question online when we, you and I were getting ready to talk about this, about just like what do people think about technology and Lent. And a number of people were saying, well, where's, yes, I want to give up technology for Lent, but can you like tell me where the line is? Like, where, <laughs> like, like, like what's too much and what's not enough? Yeah, I guess. Or like, you know, which technology should I give up? Or maybe they're running into the actual problem of like, well, if you say technology, it's like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. sort of everything in yeah. your life. Uh-huh. Or maybe even just your smartphone, even if you're saying your smartphone, you start realizing it has so, it's a multi-use device. Yeah. There are both relationships and entertainment there. There's all these things. So, right, right. And, you know, we already went over specifics of different ideas for that is, but I th- after everything you're saying... Like, I sort of want to turn that question on its head. You know, if you were defining foods, you're like, well, I'm giving up chocolate and soy. And I'm like, are you just on a diet trying to lose weight? Uh, like, you know, people are choosing specific dishes yeah, to give yeah. up. But instead, like, maybe they should think about their relationship to food or what's transforming them mm-hmm. and then choose it. Yeah. In this case, I feel like people need to figure out what is the impulse in them that is wanting them to give up the technology? What are they noticing inside themselves mm-hmm. that's shaping them into a weird story, a story mm-hmm. that's not like the kingdom? And the kingdom is where love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself are the rules of life. And shalom is true. The peace of God where love and justice work, that's the kingdom. And so one of the things that feel different than that and I go underneath the surface, and then I think I bubble back and go, oh, wow, this in- I have anxiety consistently. Where is that coming from? And then I sort of resurface to figure out which technological choice is going to help me choose that. Is that sort of how you think? Yeah, for me, it really is sort of this, what story am I finding myself in? Am I finding myself in social media's story about me? Or am I finding myself in God's story about me? So when I think about what social media's story is, it's saying things like my identity is something I define for myself and it's something I present to other people. But when I think about God's story for me, it's that God has given me my identity and it's a gift to me to be discovered and one to give to other people. When I think about social media story for me, they're saying, well, my behavior defines my relationship to corporations so that they can market to me. (laughs) Right, right, right. But God's story for me says, your behavior is not your destiny. That what I do Mm -hmm. and the sins that I have are not the thing that ultimately define who I am, that I am actually a loved sinner. Hmm. And that I am loved by God and redeemed by God. So rather than my identity and my behavior sort of being something that a corporation leverages, it's something that God draws me up out of. Wow, right. When I think about what social media says, it says you're only known by what you share and how you behave. And God's story for me is saying that I know you perfectly. I've knit you together. And I know you inside and out. And I'm not this anonymous person that's put in a bucket. No, Adam, I have to retweet to be known. (laughs) And so, yeah, what's the story that social media is telling about me? And what am I believing that it's telling me? And Lent wants to draw me out of that and find a way to set me back into the context of God's story so that I can understand who I am, what I'm for, and 
how I can receive God's love in my human frailty. So good, man. So you're saying the maybe I don't choose where the limit is on technology, but instead I think which story is shaping me mm-hmm. in a way that's not like God right now. Mm-hmm. And once I understand that, I might be able to choose a technology that will unshape that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of the ideas that you had in your top 10 at the beginning, I think really start to get at that, this idea that I can use my money to bless others rather than to bless myself, you know, (laughs) and the excitement and joy that comes out of that. I mean, that that's living into a bigger story than social media has for me. Well, Adam, it's that time again. (laughs) I can't wait. It's time for Vice or Virtue. Fish sticks. (laughs) I'm talking like like the the Gorton's fish sticks, uh, which are, by the way... Straight out of the freezer. uh, Which, by the way, were invented in 1956. I looked it up on Wikipedia. 1956. (laughs) So, like, came from the UK... It's like pressed codfish oh, and other fish yeah. pieces into this like uh, pre-frozen, oh, pre-fried, pre-breaded mm, thing and packaged yeah. into a convenient, made for America in the 1950s and 60s, <laughs> transformed the way we thought about homemaking. Oh, man. You know, I, I kind of like breaded things that are about the size of your finger. Like like mozzarella what? sticks oh, yeah. or the other thing oh, that I think not? of. Oh, that's true. And honestly, I kind of like both of them, and I would eat more of them if they were if there were more of them in my life. So I I kind of have this fond childhood memory, definitely a virtue. <laughs> well, seeing how you liked your Captain Cod. Well, I don't even know what the chain is called. Long John Long- Silver's <laughs> seeing how Captain you liked- Cod. I don't go to that crap. Yeah, so I remember the time my mom forced pulled fish sticks out of the oven. Like they're laying on a cookie sheet, right? You know, they're like all strutted out on a cookie cookie sheet. sheet. Like my sister like dove into that thing. Like she just, I don't know. She's like, we're like eight or something or seven or six. I don't know. I mean, I don't like fish. My mom's like, try it. It's fried. Really? Any Uh, fish. Which is weird because I didn't. I, I'm surprised we had fried things. Now when I think about it, my mom didn't usually let us have fried things like nutritionist. She was much, much uh, healthier than that. Nah, I thought it was, I did try one, thought it was gross, never liked them. To this day, like my mom will make fish, even if it's fried fish. And she goes, I made you something else. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh yeah. man. Your mom loves you. Oh no, she, she's super nice actually. <laughs> so like, oh, and now so to sweet. be honest, I probably care a little bit less. I mean, I could eat it, but no, I think fried fish th- to be, to be fair, meat I prefer meat to not look like an animal as much as possible. Uh-huh. So, I mean, if it's shaped like a star chicken nugget, I want it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, no bones. Like, I want it to, like, the great. And the fish stick definitely falls in that category. It does. Like, like fish don't have sticks or yeah. fingers or whatever the heck those are. <laughs> but I'm still not a fan, so I'm going to call them a total vice. Oh, man. Well... That's fair. And it they both go back to our childhood. I find that fascinating. <laughs> they're, very, they're very generational. Maybe like the generation before us and then us or something. I don't know. 
All right, so no fish sticks for you during Lent. Maybe I'll indulge in <laughs> I'm giving in up them. fish sticks for Lent. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation was so good, man. I would love to hear what people are choosing to give up for Lent. So, like, jump on Twitter or Facebook and let us know. We, we should put up a comment for it. Yeah, and if, if you're the kind of person who doesn't share what you're doing for Lent, we applaud that. Just tell us at Easter. <laughs> Celebrate yes. by letting us know how it went. Awesome. This episode was brought to you in part by The Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.